Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. Of all of these valuable tools, but I often see and and see the, um, you know, the pendulum swing where it also can have some side effects and some um, unintended consequences where we often use uh, or in it's common, especially on social media, to use toxic positivity, where it's you, you know, look on the bright side of things or um, look how much you have, be grateful. And it's it somehow, um, if you don't do that, that can be a form of shame. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi, hope you're doing really well and a warm, warm welcome to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Now, are you ready to own your awful? Are you ready to get comfortable with the discomfort? I'm guessing the answer may well be no. And if it is no, you're definitely not alone. That is how so many of us feel about really going deep with our most negative and unhelpful thoughts and feelings. But I know definitely from personal experience, when we do allow ourselves to just be and to just sit with some of that negativity, some of those uncomfortable emotions, we allow them to move through us and we get freedom from them. We start to move away from being attached to them. We move away from our ego and we start to make space and we start to make a place for a much happier and more fulfilled life. And all of that is exactly why I got this week's guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast and why I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Tina Marie Clark is the creator of the Shiftstirer Method and she has so much knowledge and wisdom when it comes to owning your awful and really sitting with those uncomfortable feelings. And the way she explains it is so clear so relatable and so actionable. So I know you're going to absolutely love this episode. Tina Marie is such a beautiful light. She is a author. She is a mother. She is a model. And she is just a whole plethora of knowledge when it comes to mindfulness and wellness. So before we jump in to this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you, if you don't know already about our wonderful, obviously I'm biased, saying wonderful, but our wonderful teacher training program. 
So if you're at home and you're thinking, I would like to learn more about face yoga, whether it be for yourself, whether it be to add to current therapies, to current personal training, yoga teaching, Pilates, maybe you are a wellness practitioner, holistic therapist, maybe you're a beauty therapist or an aesthetician, and you're thinking, I would really like to add face yoga into my toolbox of techniques that I teach to my clients. Or maybe you just want a complete shift. Maybe you just want a change of career and you're ready to set up a face yoga business and start sharing these techniques with other people. Or maybe you have another job and you want face yoga as your part-time work, as your side hustle. Maybe you would like to do it with your evenings or your weekends and perhaps you're looking for something that you can do at home. So you can do all your face yoga teacher training via Skype or Zoom or distance learning, whichever way you choose. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home and you can even teach once you're qualified from home as well. That's what so many of our teachers have been doing in 2020. Of course, now in certain parts of the world, certain parts of the country, you can teach face to face with certain restrictions, but it's really lovely to know that you have something you can safely teach from home as well. So if you would like more information about becoming one of our certified teachers of the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method and most importantly joining our wonderful community of face yogis or face yoga family as I call them then you can go to faceyogaexpert.com slash teacher training and all the information is in there you don't need any prior qualifications to join and even if English isn't your first language you can still join the program we do have super trainers from all around the world that can help and support you so let's get in to this week's episode with Tina Marie Clark. Tina Marie, thank you so much for being on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I was reading over the show notes and I was so excited to get on with you. You have quite the cult following and I was just so pumped to get down and get into it, all things skincare and self-care. Oh, I feel exactly the same about you. Super excited to have you on. And there's so much I want to ask you because I know that you are also a fan of wellness and mindfulness and skincare. And I guess I want to start at the beginning, really. I'm super interested in your journey into wellness because I know you started with lots of challenges early on in your life. Then you got into modeling. So maybe you could just talk us through a little bit about that story. Absolutely. So I, my grandmother always said uh, that I walked out of the womb a month. I always, I always knew that that's what I was going to do. And it was like an embodiment of my personality. I was that little girl in, you know, three different layers of, uh, you know, tutus. I always wanted to be strutting my stuff. I was always like, my personality was to to be forward facing and modeling was such a great opportunity for me to like transform that, like kind of not like the extra part of me, I would say the like wild, it was a way to funnel that. So I was able to make a business out of my personality in a way. So that was um, always my desire, but I really had a lot of emotional stuff that went on within me that really kept me from, almost kept me from my dreams. I had a lot of shame growing 
up and that manifested in a, I would say, a default defense of this very uh, thick shield of armor, of emotional weaponry, where I was always trying to protect myself through reactive behaviors. So if I thought somebody was making fun of me or if I thought somebody, you know, I would sense somebody um, not liking me, I would use these patterned behaviors and they would get me into trouble. And at a certain point, I like almost basically lost it all in essence because I could not continue that in my business life, in my work life. So I had to start looking inward in what was really going on with me because modeling was the one thing that I wanted way more than my ego. Like my ego could like knock down a lot of stuff. But when it came to modeling, I knew this is where I was meant to be and where I was like in alignment with my nature. And that had um, continued for so long until I had my son Maximus. I was listening to a book the other day or yesterday, and it was by Elizabeth Lesser. And she calls people, there's a saying called, you were either once born or twice born people. And I I thought that was so fascinating because I think I am a twice born person. I was once born and I did this modeling thing and I enjoyed it. And then really the birth of the shifter method has been my, my rebirth and my second coming into my, my new role as not only a mom, but as a creator and an author. So I am doing that now. And it's so fascinating to see no matter what job you have and what your background is, we all have these opportunities to really get these like balls of wisdom of like, you know, if these condensed categories of wisdom from our everyday experiences that can alter our our life. And if we're looking, or even if we look back, we can see so much wisdom uh, being revealed no matter what you're doing. So I think that having that lens has been so helpful for me because it can transform even painful things where you're like, wait, that was really painful, but there was something else there. What did I learn from that? What did I learn about me? How can I um, not only have the suffering from that, but what can I really take from it and like juice it? What's all the juicy stuff? So that has been, that has been my life. Wow. That's just an amazing story. And where do you think the turning point was you talk about the almost second birthing or the rebirth which I love by the way because I definitely am one of those people too I had a a massive shift and change in my life when I got went through a chronic illness I was about age 22 so exactly the same thing for me but where was the big turning point from you because obviously now you are such a calm and mindful person and how did things change? Because I know you said that you were at a place where perhaps you were getting in more trouble than you should. And I'm guessing that was with confrontations with people and that type of thing. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. So so where did that change happen from being that person to the person you are now? I would say that really one of like my catalysts 
that really brought about the most change has been my relationship with my man. He, we've been together almost 10 years and really my destructive patterns were so pervasive and erosive that they were affecting every category of my life. There was not one area of my life where my ego was not altering and kind of hurting that area. It was work. It was my friendships. It was my relationships. It was all of these big things. And I think that um, with my man, he was similar to the modeling thing where it was way bigger than my ego. He was so amazing. And I knew that I was the common denominator, that I was creating a lot of my suffering because he wasn't playing along. I think of it as like a a volleyball match or a tennis game. Like you have somebody on the other side of the court and they're wailing the ball back over. And he never did that. It was always just me lodging like emotional attacks, not on him, but it's, it was really me thinking the worst or me um, picking a fight or me thinking that he meant this. It was really um, the point in which all of my default defenses, like all of my narratives that I had been accumulating my whole life that went unchecked they really came up through that relationship. And I was left like standing there being like, wait, like this guy is so amazing, but you're really still hurting. What, what's going on with you? And I knew I was going to blow it. I knew it. I was like, you are just going to sabotage this because you, there's something going on with you, TM. I remember being inside of my head and saying like, there's something going on. Wait, like there's, I know you think you can interpret what you think he thought or meant, but they're really like this narrative has come with you into every relationship you had. So that's really when I started to apply it, the method, and it went unmethodized for so long. That's when I really started applying it in its entirety. I would really have to surrender when my mind... So in the shift stir method, there's five steps. The first step is the stir, which is when you've deviated into a negative thought pattern, that moment where you just go off, you're you're thrown off course. Then there's the sit, which is the most powerful of all of the steps, I would say, is when you surrender to the emotion that is wanting to flow through you, but we oftentimes grab for things that comfort us so we can offload the pain and we never actually let it run through us. But when we sit and surrender, we lessen the stronghold that 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 narrative has on our life. Then there is the shift, which is, or I'm sorry, sift. Uh, You are sifting through the thoughts and emotions and like, core groups of thoughts that we have brought into all of our relationships. What is it that when that person didn't text you back, what did your mind tell you that that meant? And it normally is from a place that we have these, you know, belief systems that are being challenged and we experience all of the emotions that come along with thinking of those thoughts. 
Um, then there is the share, which I I love doing because I, I recently have been going through a bout of depression and I, I posted on Instagram the other day and it was so liberating to, I call it own your awful, not that depression is awful, but it could be owning it. When I mean own your awful, it's owning the parts of you that you'd rather keep hidden. The parts of you where you'd rather not other you know, have other people see because you think that it's somehow shameful or bad, or you, you don't want somebody to think less of you if they knew this. And I knew that I had opinions about my depression for me personally. It was never, I didn't judge anybody else's depression. I judged my own depression. And I knew that I was bumping up against that. And in the share, I really had to apply my own method. You know, they say, you know, practice what you preach, but it was for me, it was like practice what you teach. And I had to share and own this part of me that didn't know why this was happening to me. And it wasn't from a lack of gratitude. It was just a season that I was going through. I had to sit myself. I had to just allow myself to feel not great. And that was uncomfortable with me because I like to tinker with the external world and, you know, get the green juice and then do the workout and then do the, you know, hypnotherapy and do this and do that on the outside to make myself feel better on the inside. And I had to stop myself. And I had to say, like, you're allowed to feel shit and still you know, and still be grateful. And you have a beautiful life and a beautiful family and you have been so fortunate, but somehow gratitude wasn't able to penetrate that depth of what I was experiencing, that depression and owning that and sharing that with other people. It's um, miraculous what I've seen happen when women are in communion with other women, especially when they own their awful and tell the truth about what's really going on. We have um, a culture and I think just a world that we all just go around thinking we're the only ones that are messed up or we're the only one experiencing these feelings. And when I posted that, I realized, first of all, how not alone I am, which I knew because I could kind of feel it actually energetically. I was like, I have a feeling that other people are feeling that but what way. But in your particular way that um, depression shows up, you think like, oh, like I'm so bad because it shows up this way, like, you know, however it manifests. So uh, there was a sense of loneliness there. And when I shared just hearing other people's stories that that through me sharing that that's uh, through me sharing and owning my own awful, they were able to feel less afraid of their own suffering. And if there is an accumulative effect to that, that's, that was just powerful for me. I was like, this is what social media, if this is the most beautiful side of social media, being able to connect. And I think in this day and age, because of the circumstances, we are, we're desperate and yearning for connection and to be seen and heard. And I, from one simple post, I was able to, first of all, give that to myself and be seen and heard by other people. And I was also able to give a vantage point to someone else and they got to feel that. And that's through one post. So that's the accumulative effect. So after you've done all of those four steps, I like to say you can't come out the other side of doing those steps if you're doing them honestly and openly, the same person. 
you will uncover something and the situation that stirred you originally will somehow have shifted. It may not be, and it, it can be really big where you, you know, change your relationship with your father, or it could be something where you're like, oh, maybe I was a little judgmental. Oh, what's my responsibility in this narrative? Um, I've seen it uh, vary in magnitude to large and small and small things take a little bit and large things take, you know, either or. Um, so watching that process within myself and others has been uh, just, I, I like it. I feel like I get to work with magic in a way. It's, it's really cool and, and powerful. And I'm, I'm just glad I have it myself. Definitely. And I think that that concept that you talk about of owning your awful is just so, so magical and so, so important and so powerful. And it's interesting because it's been a theme that's come up for me personally and professionally a lot in 2020. And actually, I've been calling it get comfortable with your discomfort, which is a similar, a similar idea and a similar concept. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's messy and it's not nice and it is uncomfortable, but it's just learning to be with that and sit with that. And on a very sort of basic level, I guess. It's what we have always known about mindfulness and meditation, which isn't about switching the mind off or feeling positive all the time. It's about sitting with what's happening, acknowledging without judgment how we're feeling in the moment. And it sometimes takes so many internal and external things to happen for us to actually say, it's okay to own your awful. It's okay to get comfortable with that discomfort. But For someone that's listening to this and thinking, yeah, that's where I need to be, but I'm actually scared of this, I'm fearful of doing this, or I don't know how to do that, what would be your advice be in order to get to that point where somebody could, first of all, own their awful, but then start to live the life that they deserve, live the life they want and move towards joy, I guess, and and more gratitude? Yep. It is really so profound being able to embrace. And I I think that with the new age culture and all of these, this wellness movement, there has been such an uncovering of all of these valuable tools. But I often see and see the, the pendulum swing where it also can have some side effects and some unintended consequences where we often use... Uh, or in it's common, especially on social media, to use toxic positivity, where it's, you know, look on the bright side of things or um, look how much you have, be grateful. And it's it somehow, um, if you don't do that, that can be a form of shame for people if they're not able to access that or if they're considered not grateful or not uh, aware or not being able to, you know, take grab life by the horns. It's like, that is, I always say there's 50 shades of Tina Marie and there's 50 <laughs> shades of everyone and maybe mm-hmm. even varying numbers, but we all have these shades. And when we disown those shades and externalize them and pretend that they do not exist, we actually live a fractionated life. We are not whole when we don't own that. And it's through integrating them and owning them that we do that process. 
And you can do that on like, for me, the social media thing, that was big for me. That was at my comfort level. That was right at that cusp where I was a little, I I was uncomfortable, but I knew it was important. So someone that is like, okay, definitely can't do that or don't want to do that yet. That is 100% absolutely okay to be exactly where you are because that's where you're meant to be. You can start with, um, I use this example often and I, I'll get it, I'll, I'll send it to you. So for your viewers, I want them to, uh, or we can do this together. You can close your eyes and I want you to imagine that the best editorial or Instagram or Facebook is writing an incredible article about you. And they are just every single person, you know, everyone you respect, all of your, you know, past friends, everyone from high school, anyone you have ever known, your kids, uh, teachers, everyone you will ever know is going to read this article about you. Okay. You're so excited and it comes out. What are three words that you would not want them to mention? What are the three words that when they say that, you have a visceral reaction? You want that. Oh, you're like, no. You you like it could you could turn your stomach or it could make you feel like you just want to throw it off of you. Like I I remember when I was doing this, um, one of them was illiterate because I struggled with uh, a learning disability and I cannot spell shit. I really can't. Even to this day, I have a book, I'm an author, and I still just get it wrong. But at one time, for me, that held such a big charge. If I even thought somebody thought that or tried to correct me on that, I would have a bad reaction. So when you're doing this exercise, think of and I, I can send you a list of words because it's, it's kind of hard to imagine. But when you read off the list and you go through and if it causes a charge, these are the words that often have dominion over your life and your choices and that cause you a great amount of suffering. And you'll do a lot in your life to avoid or offload feeling this way. So those are words that I think that people can start owning their awful, quote unquote, awful in themselves. So I started saying, like, it it could be something in the mirror, like, yeah, like, you can't spell sister, you're illiterate. So like, I took the buzz out of it. Because now if somebody says that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I automatically think, but Tian, you're really good at these other things. It's okay. Like, you don't need to be that great at that. Like, you can, you, it, it, it is okay for you to be awful at this. You're really great at other things. And it's not an ego pat on my back. It's really just owning that that's not my strength. And before it would have sent me in a tailspin. I remember people would correct me on, on Facebook on like a post. It was, I would like get it wrong between there and there. I would cringe because I just wasn't good at that. And it it evoked so much shame. I felt bad about me because I, it felt like everybody else could just spell and write so eloquently. And I was just like choppy and whatever. And it's, it's so ironic because here I am writing a book doing this. It's like, that's my greatest fear, but that is also one of my 
greatest gifts. Like I can not uh, be a great, you know, I can not be grammatically correct, but I can also still put my voice out there and get over that where it's like, yeah, I can have somebody else help me with that, but I can still where my strength is my genius. It doesn't need to be there. So someone that is going through that exercise and they're thinking of their three words, even just getting a little more comfortable with saying them like I am. And it's not, it's, it's actually counterintuitive because most people think that you should be sitting in front of your mirror. So this is what I say about the, like, it's contrarian to popular advice because it, everybody, you know, Louise Hay was like, you know, all, and I, I think that these are great for people, but the positive affirmations, like I am so smart and I am so beautiful. I think it's equally as powerful when you own the part of you that doesn't believe that that's yeah. really equally as powerful. So, so powerful. I don't feel beautiful. I yes. feel dumb sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel sometimes I feel just unsophisticated. Like that for those were some of the words for me where it would just like, oh, it would kill me. So I think that owning those and allowing those to reduce in their magnitude of charge allows you to be able to just be what you actually are in your excellence because you're not busy siphoning all your energy trying to hide or disguise what you what you are because you own it. When you own it, you just like you you open up the reserves of energy to be able to do what you actually do well. And I love seeing women transform words where they're like, oh my God, I used to think I was whatever. And I I couldn't even sit with that. And now it's like being, it's like benign. Although it was before it was like malignant or before it was like cancerous. It was like, you know, creating chaos in the body and the mind. And then the same word, however long later through integrating becomes benign. It's like, yeah, you're like, it, it is still the same four letter word, but it doesn't have the same thing. It's because you owned it and you integrated it. And you're like, yeah, there is a part of me that feels dumb. There's a part of me that sometimes feels corny. Uh, there's a part of me that doesn't like that I'm extra. Whatever it is for you, it could be, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, I'm too bossy, I'm too um, passive aggressive, I'm too, I'm not assertive enough, I'm too nice, I'm too, it could be to this or not enough this. It's those should statements. And I think that when we do that, that's, it's so kick-ass to see women do it because they like, they really actually change for themselves inside. Yeah. And it lets you just attach that ego away from it. As you were saying that with that little visualization of imagining an article being wrote about you, but what words would you not want in there? And as you did that, I wrote down three words, just the first things that came to my mind. And the three things I wrote down were lazy, fake and ugly. So they're the three things that I realized that I just would not want somebody to say about me. Now, as you were talking there, you cringe, cringe, but as you were talking, it was interesting because I was looking through those things and I was thinking, I'm not those things. However, there's a part of me which 
maybe over tries to prove myself that I'm not lazy. So therefore... I work really, really hard all the time. So yes. then it starts to oh, shine girl, light on it. something. Yes, <laughs> it, it starts That's to exactly shine light. It. This is why exactly. maybe I do too much or maybe why I work too hard because there's a part of me then that maybe has that fear that someone will say that. And then secondly, you know, that that I try and show so much of myself and be so authentic with everything I do. But there's a part of me that has this fear, I guess, that someone would look at me as inauthentic or fake in some way. And it's also ego driven. But soon as you start to become aware of that, just even in those few moments there, it almost becomes laughable. There's almost a humour in it. And you think to yourself, actually, if someone said I'm lazy, would I care? No, because number one, I'm not. And number two, why have I been living that way in the fear that someone might say that about me and doing too much yes, and trying that's... to prove everything about myself that I'm so busy for so long yes. just because of fear someone will say that but like you say if you just say to yourself I'm lazy even though I know with every part of me I'm not I've said it to myself already so actually if someone says it no big deal because I know number one it's not true and I know number two it's just a word and just an ego attachment as well amen you got it. You hit it on the head. I cannot I have asked for a, a, a better for you execution of that exercise because it is so insidious where we think it's like, oh, I have to own that part where it's no, it's it's realizing where your ego shows up that when you are doing things, I, I call it tinkering with the outside. It's I am going to go do these five meetings that I actually do not want to do because I want to make a check mark in my mind that I am not lazy. So it's all of these um, disingenuous, not disingenuous to anyone. It's an inauthenticity to yourself. So that authenticity piece, it can also be when you're not being authentic with your true nature the checking in and it can ping pong. It can show you so many things. And, and um, I, I challenge you when let's use the lazy one. Uh, the next time that thought comes into your mind, Oh, I'm being lazy. You pegged me girl. Yep. You say in your mind, yep. You call me out. Yep. I am being lazy and I'm going to continue to be lazy because I am going to allow the concept of lazy to dissipate in my body and allow it to flow out of me instead of having dominion over me and making me do things that are not in alignment with my true nature. Mm-hmm. And I need more I'm lazy in my life. <laughs> in my lazy because yeah. all I want to do is not feel this way because I want to yeah. make a check mark to myself. Mm-hmm. I want to use my ego to make me feel like I'm okay. What if not being okay is actually the, the power, the point of 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 transformation. That's where the shift is. Allowing yourself to be that in which you are afraid of. And I'm not saying go and like be an alcoholic or, you know, do all the (laughs) hurt people. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying allowing yourself to observe the mechanism that makes you want to do those things. That's what I'm saying. Owning it and being like, yeah, you know what? I do want to eat a dozen donuts after I, you know, get off the phone with my work colleagues. I really want to, you know, stop that feeling and watching that process and what comes up for you. And that's self-love to me. That is doing 
self-love, like it's self-care. It's checking in with your mind. If you, you, you could do whatever you want. I don't care if you get like a boob job or a, um, a, you know, you go to a spa, you go here, you do a workout. You do, there is nothing more potent of self-care than, that I've seen than doing the work inside of your mind. It is transformative. It transcends all of it. it meaning it could give an effect on all of those things where you could actually enjoy them. There, you're a- able to embody and feel what you're feeling by doing the work, by checking what's going on inside of your mind. That's self-care and that's love. That's really loving all of it. The whole 50 shades. And it's hard. It's hard, but it's, it is something that we can try to apply and see the, you know, the magic that happens. The, I call it magic in the mundane. It's like our everyday life experiences that where, where our ego wants to make that check mark. We have the chance to change the trajectory of what we're doing in our inner state based upon checking in with that. And that's where confidence comes from. I see like when women start catching themselves red-handed, their ego, like I, I actually call it the doppelganger. My ego is my doppelganger. It sounds like me. It looks like me. It, it walks like me. It just has <laughs> this whole thing. It, it looks like Tina Marie 100%, but it is actually not. And when I am able to separate that narrative from my truth, that's where you can like really see like, haha, you tried to get me there. You tried to get me, but I'm not, that's not a part of me anymore. Or I see you, I understand what you're trying to do, but I'm just going to sit with that. Yes, definitely. And then if you want to go forward then and go to your spa, do your workout, do your positive affirmations, you can do that afterwards, but own the awful first. I think that's what we're saying, you know, give, Give yourself that permission to own that awful. Feel those feelings. You don't have to be in those feelings forever. You can even be in them for a minute or two minutes. It doesn't have to be for long periods of time. And then you can go and do the things which you know bring you joy. But unless we do that, like you said, so well, unless we work on the mind, nothing else works. Nothing else works. Yeah, it just doesn't penetrate. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just got like a short burst of energy. It's not really that like satiating and these these larger bursts of they're just more satisfying they're it's just like you're either going to have a snack or you're going to have a full meal Mm -hmm. and I consider these a full meal when you sit down with self and are in communion you're like sitting down to dinner with yourself you're in there you're in you're having a real like nourishing meal there's nothing else that we should be doing for ourselves and looking after our mind. I mean, number one thing is is absolutely the most important thing. I'm just thinking it through as I'm as I'm about to prepare for the next question, talking to you. I'm just sort of processing everything we went through because it's really interesting when I did that little activity myself as well. You know, it, it really gets my mind ticking with things, which is so important. And I love just doing that inner work. So it's really going to open up a few different things over the next few days for me. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And actually I want to take a little bit of a a little bit of a turn just for the last part of the podcast and just talk to you a little bit about 
beauty and skincare because I know you're a big fan of beauty and skincare. Um, oh, yes. Do you have any sort of favourite treatments that you do for your skin or any favorite products obviously after you've done all this mindset work like we say you can go and do that lovely pampering stuff what is your pampering stuff what's the stuff you enjoy doing most well it's actually funny that you say this because I just recently saw my facialist and Mm -hmm. uh, she's Joanna Vargas she's incredible but I really go to her I I posted on Instagram earlier today I said Mm -hmm. It's half facial, half therapy, if not more (laughs) therapy, because it's either people are going to exhaust you or exalt you. They're either going to bring you up or bring you down. And when I go for a facial and a treatment with Joanna Vargas, it's not just a facial. It's not. It is a time for me to be able to connect and be able to talk to her and have a soul conversation because there are plenty of facialists. I live in New York City. There are plenty of people, but there is something deeply nourishing about her facials. And they do like everything I've used from her. She has this under eye cream and her glow to go uh, mask. I just, I swear by them. I'm like, if you want your skin to be like a baby's butt, just use Joanna Vargas. So (laughs) she is just, and it may, you know, I love her as a human. So maybe I'm just like in love with her products because of her. I don't know what it is, but every time I come out of there, I feel like I have wings. Like I'm just enjoying myself. So Joanna Vargas, all of her products are great, but in particular, I'll tell you two that I absolutely love. They're her glow to go masks. They're like three sheets. I think they come in a pack, a three pack. And then she has this she calls it a mask, but it's an, it's an exfoliating mask. But I noticed before I was just using it as an exfoliator. So I would, you know, wash my face and then I would exfoliate and get the dead skin off. But what I didn't do was read the back of it. And what you're supposed to do is exfoliate, but then leave it on your skin. And it actually helps with hyperpigmentation. So for me, that's a big deal because I have like, I've had two kids. So I've had hyperpigmentation issues because of melasma from the hormones. So that really um, helps with that. And you just feel like, I feel like I start off with sandpaper and then I end up with a baby's bottom when I use this uh, exfoliating mask. So yeah, those are my jams. They sound amazing. I'm definitely going to check her out. She sounds just gorgeous. She's and- just so sweet. So, so, so sweet. amazing. And just before we finish, and this is obviously related to everything we've talked about, but there may be something else you want to bring up with this. And it's something which I ask most guests, what would be your top tip for inner peace? Long term is the sit, mm-hmm. which is allowing yourself. It is the most uncomfortable, difficult thing that you'll ever do for anything but it is worth it 10x. If you want to be of service to this universe, to yourself and to your family, when you can endure and sit with your emotions without reacting, that's your point of power. Everything will transform when you do that and are able to apply that and continue applying that. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Somebody said that they, when they started doing it, they felt like they waved, uh, waved a wand in front of their husband's face. Because wow. they stopped reacting. <laughs> so 
Wow. Uh, it was just so cool to see that. So I've seen that happen and it's an accumulative effect. So you may be like you were saying earlier, and I was so glad that you said it. You said, oh, maybe you'll be able to do it for two minutes or maybe you'll be able to do it for 30 seconds. It is through applying it and reapplying it. And that's where we get those glimpses. I, I, I say on the other side of the sit, there are gifts. Because when we surrender to that, we just change something. And somehow there is this, I, I, I hope a physicist will be able to count this as like a natural law of the universe, that when we surrender to not reacting and allow it to flow through us, we actually open up infinite possibilities that we could not have ever thought of ourselves. When we go from our reactive behaviors, we know it's probably going to be like five outcomes. We're not really going to get surprised because we know the destructive pattern of when we, you know, yell at our husband, he's going to do X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. But when we sit, we open up the possibilities for something else, something greater, something more expansive. And then short term, I would say if you're going to uh, inner peace, I would go through, you could do it on Pinterest, you could do it on the Shifter method has a mantras page, going and getting and collecting quotes that remind you that you are okay and that you're exactly where you need to be. They have always been huge for me, grounding forces. Like I use my audiobooks and I use my quotes that when I'm in the chaos of a stir, when my mind is going, if I need peace right then and I can't do something else or I don't want to react or I, I can't externalize it and offload it, if I remember, like I, I use the quote, like you're exactly where you need to be for what this isn't happening to you. This is happening for you. These little tiny things that just soften that without going external, you're, you're able to listen to this quote and allow that to reduce. So if you need a little piece, go on Pinterest and look for the quotes that make you feel like you're okay and keep them in your phone. And when you're having a crazy moment where there's chaos and you don't find peace, look at them and go over them and allow yourself to just ground into the truth that your heart recognizes in those quotes. Love it. That's just such good advice. <laughs> it's a good one. It, it just yeah. helps. It really does. I've just seen it where I'm like, oh, like my mom would say that. I remember I was at Bryant Park Hotel and I was really struggling one day and I was sitting there and I was like on this little swing thing. And I remember the, the like vibration of the quote sinking into me. Like mm -hmm. she just said, you're exactly where you're meant to be. You're, you're, what you're experiencing right now is exactly for you. You don't have to wish it away. This is good for you. This is exactly where you need to be. And I just felt my shoulders relax. I felt like my insides relax. I was like, oh, oh, shit, I could do it. I, I could do this if that's right. If I hold on to that concept, this is happening somehow for me to learn, even if it's painful, if there's something underneath it, if I hold space for the possibility that there's something beautiful in this suffering, you know what? I can sit with this. And those were really such a guiding force. And my mom, actually, this is so cool. She has this thing on TikTok and Instagram. And I actually, I'm so thankful that she did this. It's called The Quotes You Need to Hear. 
and she'll read a quote in her. And my mom has the most beautiful voice. And what mom or what daughter or child does not want to hear? Well, maybe I can't include everyone. I have a great relationship with my mom, but (laughs) hearing a mom tell them a quote that just, oh, just her voice. When I listen to her little videos, they could be like 10, 15 seconds, but she reads off these quotes and they just, so even if you don't want to find the quotes on Pinterest, you can always check out my mom's thing, the quotes you need to hear that's on TikTok and Instagram, but she just reads them off. And I, I, I sometimes go there for that instantaneous piece. And it's not like, you know, from a, I got to get it place. It's like, Oh, I got to use my tools. Got to come back. When I return to center, this sends me back into my truth. Love it. Love it. Well, we're all definitely going to go and follow your mum now. And if people want to also follow you. You'll love her voice. (laughs) I love her. I already know this. I already feel it that I'm going to absolutely love her. And if people want to follow you, Teen Marie, on Instagram and also to learn a lot more about your shift stirring method, how can they do that? Instagram, Tina Marie Clark at Tina Marie Clark. And I actually, this is the first I'm telling you, and it's so apropos because it is actually the one year anniversary of the Shiftster Method launching. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I was so pumped. But I uh, recently filmed an online course for the Shiftster Method. So that will be a deep dive uh, because the book is really powerful and complete. But if you want to be able to um, look at things from all different angles, if there's a lot of storytelling, there's a lot of personal stories. There's a lot of experiential exercises with the course that'll be coming in the next month. So if you want to do a deep dive with me, it's like, I I really get in there. I, I did not hold back on that. I was really just going for it with sharing as much as I could about applying the method. So they can find that it'll be on my Instagram and you can find my mom at the quotes you need to hear. Oh, amazing. That's wonderful. Tina Marie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast and for sharing all your beautiful tips, your really deep and profound wisdom and just being your lovely, authentic self. So a huge thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. This was you. uh, I feel like I'm getting high on my own supply talking about this. (laughs) just gets me so pumped. So Thank you for letting me to work, you know, allowing me to work my light and talk to your, your people and anybody that is working through any type of stir or anything, they can always DM me. There is nothing I love more than taking people through the method and just holding space for their, you know, becoming and shifting. So if anybody is like, you know what, I read the book and I need a little help with this exercise, just DM me and I'm happy to do it. I I like answer people at 2am. So I will, I love, you know, uh, having people apply it and and do the work because it's just the coolest work I get to do. So please contact me and thank you for having me over. Thank you. Or having so on. Much. Oh, having me over. Thanks for having me over. Thank you. Oh, well, it's <laughs> lovely. And you'll be able to get back to your lovely little boys now. I can hear them occasionally in the background, which is so lovely. Such cutie. So, so thank sweet. you again. You as well. And, and let's connect again because I would love to talk to you. And I'd like, I, we just, I feel like we need to know each other. Like, full definitely. On. Definitely. I completely awesome. agree. 
So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.